This is Power Athlete Radio. With your host, Denny Cage, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. contention that poor form is like terrorism. If you see something, say something. Granted, this mantra is usually limited to the athletes that I am responsible for, but when you're, say, I don't know, Clemson's football program and you post some pretty appalling movement on social media, you lend yourself to public criticism. This week, John takes the lead in discussing the viral bench press video featuring Ryan Norton of Clemson. And in case you missed it, you can find the clip in our show notes or just Google it. Uh, Having extended experience in a number of competitive weight rooms, John explains how it's even possible to glamorize such poor movement in such an unapologetic way. Power Athlete's stance has always been increasing performance through proper posture and position, so it's no surprise that we feel compelled to speak on this topic. There are so many implications, not just from that video, but the weight room culture and leadership all around the country. Have a listen to our conversation to find out why this type of training is still widely accepted and what we can learn from this. This is episode 117. What's up, Power Athlete Nation? Welcome to Power Athlete Radio, the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. This is Denny. I'm here with John, Tux, Callie, and Bobby. We're living a dream. We're rocking and rolling, and we're getting ready to drop some knowledge bombs. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Good. Great. What's uh, up, guys? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, John, did you did you get a chance to see that? I think they're calling it a 600-pound bench press. 640. Oh, is it 640? Well, let's let's use the word bench press very loosely. I'm actually <laughs> looking to refer that as more as a uh, uh, a uh, deadlift with a spot. No, let's call it a uh, a a, uh, a supine deficit double bounce kipping lockout partner assisted deadlift for 640 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because one, I've I, I've never seen anybody literally drop 640 on their chest on a board. Thank God that board was there to displace right. all that weight, or he would have shattered his sternum. But then to like get momentum up once, bring it down a second time for more crushing weight, fire your hips into a decline position, so it's effectively a kipping athletic, a supine press, and then somehow lock it out with the guy deadlifting it in an upright row. So. Yeah, that's, uh, well, it, it's a new movement. It's one that I hadn't necessarily thought about. And uh, more importantly, I don't know if it's ethical to even, one, coach it, or two, film it. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I'm sure there's a lot of crazy shit that's happened over the uh, over the, the eons of this world that until we got cell phone cameras that we could actually video stuff, and I'm sure there's a lot of stuff we missed. But you know what? That's one that they shouldn't have the cameras on. So, John, do you think that there's anyone in that weight room who thought that that was, like, an acceptable way to bench press? Um, 
you know or what? Or wasn't it like no? Or was it like no one's gonna say anything just because it would be like too shameful on our teammate? No, I think what it is is it's all about culture that you know these coaches are really driving numbers. And, uh, you know, instead of like going back and like, you know, we, when we were offline, we were talking a little bit about this and, uh, it was so ironic that I literally am watching this, this travesty play out in front of me. And, uh, my, my favorite part about the thing, and, um, this is just my own personal deal, but, uh, I'm watching the guy get under the 640 and I'm like looking at him and, you know, if you're, if you've ever seen anybody that's ever benched 500 pounds or you've ever met anybody that's benched 600 pounds, or if you've had the pleasure of seeing Eric Spotto in person, who benched over 700, Eric Spotto, his arm is probably about 30 inches, and uh, he is like the size of a refrigerator. He is probably like the thickest, widest, biggest dude I've ever seen. I mean, um, you know, like I, I benched over 500, and, and uh, you know, the sea guys that have benched over 600 are usually massive, massive men that do that. So I'm watching this guy get under 640, and his arms were pretty skinny. He wasn't real big, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, God damn it, this kid's going to bend 640? And then all of a sudden, he brings the weight out. I see the board come out, and I'm like, oh, man, this kid's going to, you know, like uh, it's like a one board, like an inch board. He's going to inch board this thing, at which point he drops it on his chest, and I'm like, <gasps> I'm like in utter horror. I watch him kind of push it up and to get momentum, bring it back down, shoots his hips and fires it, locks it out with the guy upright rowing it. And I was like kind of confused thinking he missed the lift and the, and the spotter just basically picked the weight up off him. And then they're cheering as that is completed bench press. So like I had to watch it five or six times to try to like, well, wait, wait a minute. Was, was that the intended deal? Cause it just looked like he got fucking stapled to the pad with a, with 640. And then I realized like, Oh shit. So what I take that back to is a culture of that's what is acceptable. Obviously, he just didn't make that shit up on the spot. He has seen that before, or they right. had coached it at some point. So the next thing, uh, as I'm watching it, the next thing that comes up is the Greg Glassman interview uh, about the D.C. Um, legislation to, uh, you know, make, uh, you know, uh, like certain certifying bodies be the, the governing body and kind of null and void what CrossFit's doing. And then I, I click on it. I'm like, so the NSCA who certifies strength coaches, and most of these guys are men members of the NSCA, the National Strength Coaches Association, is the certifying body that these guys are associated with and would be a, a poor yeah. deal to people. And these guys, you're talking about the co collegiate strength and conditioning coaches, yeah. just to clarify, right? Yeah, these, so, so these collegiate strength and conditioning, and that's what I'm seeing as – acceptable bench press, acceptable movement in the weight room, at which point I realized that CrossFit is now the standard of good technique, smart training principles, and should be probably the governing body for all of this other fucking nonsense, because as much stupid shit as we've seen in the CrossFit community, most of it comes out of some fucking wacky contest where they're trying to, like, fucking make things unknown and unknowable, and instead of, like, erring on the side of, uh, of fucking not being brain dead, people do stupid shit. But for the most part, you walk into a CrossFit gym and yeah, like, uh, you know, I love how people throw, oh, there's bad techniques. Sure. Most of the people are beginners, but you go watch the CrossFit games. I watched uh, the event with, with uh, Rich Froning and those guys, like, you know, doing the only lifts. Those guys are, are unbelievable technicians. They move well. Everything's appealing in terms of like what we talk about, athleticism. Watching most of the top CrossFit games athletes when we were actually at the games, most of those guys are extremely excellent movers and are aesthetically pleasing, move through space well, and do a lot of good things. I mean, not all of them, but for the most part, um, 
yeah, I, I, I like had to just kind of turn it off and decompose, uh, decompress a little bit. And I'm like, Jesus, if you would have yeah. told me in, in 2007, 2008, when I got involved with CrossFit with all of the, the fucking haters and the people casting stones and CrossFit's shitty technique and it's this worst fucking training system, if you would have told me fast forward seven years where CrossFit would be holding the standard for not only performance but technique and good training, I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah, and the thing is, Tex and I were talking before the show about how CrossFit doesn't necessarily live in its own vacuum because it has reached out to sources like us, um, you know, Westside Barbell, um, Ripito at one time, and not one of those continuing education resources is teaching bench press like that, you know? Um, so that, well, that's one, one of the things. That's, that's a major well, difference, yeah, you know, though, in continuing education for these two. Well, well, CrossFit was smart enough to realize, like, hey, we're teaching a broad and inclusive or kind of a broad general strength conditioning program, uh, you know, based on increased work capacity, broad time, multiple domains, and, you know, you go through this whole deal. And they realized that there were shortcomings, or more importantly, not shortcomings, but they needed experts in certain deals. It's kind of like, uh, you, know, you know, years ago, Greg Glassman realized that at some point people would be using CrossFit methodology for training athletes for sports-specific purposes. And tapped on me and said, hey, you know what, uh, this is going to be something that's going to happen and we need to have an answer for it because what's going to happen is people are going to look at what general CrossFit is doing and they're going to try to take this kind of broad and general style of training and they're going to kind of try to use it for something that's both, uh, you know, narrow and very focused. So, you know what, we need to offer people, uh, you know, good training method for people that are, are you know, playing power sports. Yeah, for, and I think you know, big horsepower, short duration sports like what we coach. And he brought us in. He brought in Bergner and realized, like, hey, you know what, CrossFit, uh, you know, uh, really, you know, favors and really pushes and uses the Olympic lifts. You know what? We got to bring in somebody that can teach it both well and has got great experience and has coached champions into it. So you bring in a NFL player, you bring in a guy who's, you know, coached Olympic athletes, and you bring in, you know, uh, various other, you know, specialty matter experts into the into the fold so that you can increase. Uh, you know, the knowledge base and make people better. And, um, you know, uh, like, here's the one thing, and I, I always get, uh, we've been asked this question for years, and, you know, because we get really a very different cross-section of people than a standard CrossFit Level 1 does. We get people that have never been to a Level 1, have never done CrossFit, that just heard about the program and come train with us. And the question I got is, well, why do you guys teach to the CrossFit community? I mean, this isn't really CrossFit. And I'm like, you know why? Because one, the CrossFit community is usually open-minded, and two, they want to get better. I've never been to a seminar and not met somebody in the CrossFit community that was like not hyper-focused on, I just want to be better, I want to improve everything, I'm here to fucking learn, and I'm not going to fucking push back, I'm here to listen, and I'm here to get better. Yeah. Usually the biggest problem that we have and the biggest pushback or the, or the, the fucking most difficult people for us to, to deal with is some fucking high school coach scab who's like, well, that's not how Bear Bryant did it. And I, I had to deal with that. I'm like, hey, I know what you're talking to me is that you were in high school. So like 50 years ago in high school football, <laughs> this is what your high school coach fucking had you do. But I'm telling you as a 10-year NFL player and having done all this, that shit sucked then. And I'm trying to offer you something that's better today. So sit the fuck down and listen to what I'm having to say. And you guys don't have the luxury of doing that, but fuck, I, hands down what I say that's people. And they get all fucking butthurt. I'm like, dude, you're butthurt? Go outside, get some fucking water, rub some ointment on it, get back in here, get in your car and fucking leave. Yeah, and, I think... And, and we got complaints about that shit, but at the end of the day, like, if you don't fucking know, that's fine, right? Like, I'm, I'm happy. If you don't know what you don't know, that's fine. But if you fucking know better, don't fucking do it and don't be a fucking asshole about it. When they, when they posted uh, that video, you know, one of the things that kind of came to, to mind was that 
just the fact that we, we talked about this, just the fact that they even put it up as to uh, supposedly glamorize it, it does not give them any room or us any room to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Like, you can't give them the benefit of the doubt and say they didn't know any better or whatever. They actually truly believe that this is something worthy of, you know, attention. You know what I mean? It's just crazy. Well, and not only that, Callie, like I, like I was saying, uh, just in my experience around here, um, there's I've seen coaches uh, <clears throat> working with, like, high school kids, um, letting them bench and shoot their hips off the bench and create this massive, like, hyperextension in their spine. And I, when I confronted them about it, I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? It was like, well, you know what, these are football athletes, and in football it's all about hip drive. Or I heard it like, well, if you if you watch a YouTube videos of the NFL Combine, you'll see them doing that. And uh, I was like, well, you know what, immediately I asked John about that, and uh, what did, what was your comeback with that one, John? Yeah, I, I got fucking no reps. I remember I, I missed lockout on a, on my first three reps, and they didn't count my first three reps at the combine. And when guys' hips came off the bench and they started shooting stuff, like when all of a sudden they started dropping the weight and doing the athletic stuff, they fucking no count it. What they're not going to do is they're not going to coach you on the platform to not do it. They're just going to count the reps they want and let you fucking look like an abortion in public. So it's, uh, you know, like like what these guys are, are not seeing is that, uh, you know, you're in a situation like uh, if – if I watched a guy do that, I mean, it's fucking embarrassing. Yeah, but I mean, dude, I, I got my first three or four reps counted out, and because I didn't lock the bar out, and the guy's screaming at me, one, one, no lockout, no lockout, at which point you get to rep five, and you're already fucking flustered, and then you have to slow the weight down and work on full extension. So, I mean, that was a fuck up on my part. But also, when we went to do the bench press, there was about 40 people in line in front of me, and, like, we're all sitting in a big line. All of a sudden, like, the first – the first like 10 guys go and we're kind of moving up, moving up and I'm kind of counting, looking, and I got about 15 dudes in front of me so I can get over to one of the benches to warm up to be able to go out to the bench. All of a sudden those 15 dudes or whatever it was, the 10 guys in front of me fucking opt out. So they're like, Oh, are you going to bench? No. Are you going to bench? No. Are you going to bench? No. Are you going to bench? Are you going to bench? All of them opted out and they're like looking at me, you going to bench? I'm like, yeah, I'm up. Or yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm here to bench. And they're like, well, get on the bench. I'm like, well, I haven't had time to warm up. And they were like, we ain't got time for you to warm up. Get the fuck over there. And I'm like, so like I was already, you know, I was already pretty nervous. I mean, fuck, I get in and I start fucking, you know, half repping this thing. And uh, fuck, they they called me in my first first couple, and I had to, you know, fucking slow it down, and ended up only getting 27 when I should have got 30 plus. And so, you think you think they opted out just because they had to show full extension and keep their hips on the bench? No, no, I think they opted out because they didn't want to fucking train. In, in the in the environment like a lot of guys so so there's certain types of people in this world and like um, and you guys are sure like there's the type of guy and you guys know this like uh, like the type of lifter and I'm sure you guys would train with people like this like yeah well I only like to train on that platform with those weights and if I have my shoes and my belt and my knee wraps I only train at 10 o'clock in the morning after I've had a good night's sleep and I gotta have this music on the fucking prima donna and um, then they meet the other guy that's like, fuck it. We squatted yesterday. Let's squat singles today. I don't have any. I'm wearing dress shoes. Great. I'll squat barefoot. Like, you know, that type of shit where you're like, I don't, I don't give a fuck where it is. Like, I'll do it wherever. 
Like that was my attitude. I don't give a fuck if it's if it's uh, Indianapolis or some little gym in in uh, a garage in Columbus, Ohio. It doesn't matter where it is. I'll show up to train and I'm game to do it. Just like when I went down to train with the guys at Baylor, I got out there and trained with those dudes, and which was an awesome experience. But uh, yeah, dude, I like showed up. I'm like, what do you want to do? I'm like, whatever you guys are doing, I'm fucking in. And they were like, all right. So six in the morning, we did conditioning and trained and did all that. So I mean, it's. I think a lot of guys like are so nervous that they're going to have a bad showing that they don't want to be in that environment when they saw other guys tapping out in that situation. Cause mind you, you're in like about a uh, 1500 square foot room and there's probably maybe a hundred coaches in there and they're all around the wall. And there's like one little bench at the corner with 135, And then there's the, the bench in the center of the room with 225. And it's like, uh, it's like a cockfight is the only example I could give you like a dog fighting arena. So all these coaches are around it. You fucking, they're fucking screaming. They all got video cameras. You're looking up and Bill Parcells is like, you know, fucking 400 pounds of fucking jello gut is hanging over his pants and you're all screaming at you and you're like, God damn it. So I think it was an intimidating situation. I think a lot of guys just didn't want to do it. And more importantly, they were like, fuck it. I'm not going to have a bad showing in front of all these people where I looked at it like, Hey, if, if, if the difference that, uh, you know, in somebody drafting me is that I was able to do 30 reps on a bench press instead of 27. Like I got five years of game tape or four years of game tape and I was a starter and played and, you know, I was like, fuck it, dude. I mean, you know, what? I'm just going to go out there and do it. And, um, you know, but I also know guys that are like, Hey, I'm only going to work out at my school and do that. And fucking prima donnas. And you know what happens to a lot of those guys? I couldn't even tell you their names because they didn't play in the NFL very long. That should be a test of whether you actually choose to perform it or not. Well, yeah. You know what? I, I remember one of the guys who uh, won the Outland Trophy, or he, he won the won the Outland, um, was from uh, UCLA, and like he opted out, and they they were touting him as like the next big thing, and uh, I don't even think he lasted a year in the NFL, and he opted out of that thing. So John, are these guys opting out just because they're all talk and they know that their training is fucking half reps or no. exactly like what we saw in that video? No, no, like. I honestly believe that people want to be like people are used to being the hot chick. Like I want to go in, I want to be corded. I want all my own space. I, I don't want to show up to some God awful fucking place in Indianapolis, in uh, Indianapolis, Illinois, or sorry, in Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, at the Metro dome or whatever the fuck it was and show up and like have to go through this because dude, the combine is a stressful situation. It's like, you're like a, it's like a big cattle, uh, like a cattle buy, cattle herd. So you go in, every NFL team puts you through their own physical, so you end up going through like 32 uh, physicals where they have like a book on you and they fucking wrench on you, orthopedists, doctors, everybody check every injury. So I, I had torn my ACL. I had 32 different doctors yank on my knee. By the time I got out of that thing, I was so sore on my shoulder and my knee, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to train. So I think like it's just not, it, it's not an advantageous position for any player to be in. But at the end of the day, like, nothing's ever going to be perfect, you know? Like, I, I, I looked at it like, I, you know, like I had teams tell me, like, hey, we're going to take you with your second-round pick, and I didn't go to the fourth round. So, I mean, it's, it was kind of a stressful deal. But I just think guys get in that situation, and they're like, hell, I'm not going to work out in this situation. I'd rather be back at my school with my own weights and my own bench where everything's there and I have time to warm up and I'm just in a better situation. I just looked at it like, fuck it, what's the worst that, what's the worst that could happen? So, you know, but, but that was our attitude. I mean, when I was in college, like, I mean, uh, I remember the attitude we had playing football was, um, you know, like th this was kind of Tom Cable in a, in a nutshell, but 
you know, uh, like the like the uh, day or two before the game, you'd walk in and all of our names would be up on his wall. And I remember walking in one day and I was like, "What's up with all the names?" He's like, "I'm trying to decide which five guys I would walk down an alley with to get in a fight." And I was like, well, "Why are we gonna go fight?" He's like, "Yeah, on Saturday." He's like, "The way I pick my starters is the five guys that I would choose to follow me down an alley to go get in a fight." And he like started ripping names off. Well, this guy's a cunt. This guy wouldn't fucking go. This guy's a pussy. And I'm like, we don't have a center anymore. He's like, well, then we're going to go with fucking three guards. If it's fucking five left tackles, we're going to go out there with five left tackles. That's the guys I want to take with me. I was like... And, and that's that's the coaching and environment and culture that they were training in. It appears that the Clemson guys, they're training a numbers culture versus that fight. Well, you know what? Uh, you know what it is, too? It, it gives a lot of artificial... Um, like, you know, college was like that, and, like, there's a lot of guys like that. Like, there's, like, a lot of artificial bullshit where, like, oh, okay, so now this kid's walking around the big chest being, like, a bench 640. All of a sudden, he comes out, and he's going to go up against some big, strong, fucking strapping young dude who's going to fucking lay a club on him, and he's going to knock him into the fucking second row, and he's going to be like, but, 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 but coach, I, I bench 640. I should have been able to take that guy. And uh, coach is like, well, there was no board on your chest, and uh, your teammate wasn't there to help you. And, uh, you know, like, you know, at the end of the day, this stuff is all about training for a goal. If what you are doing is not having carryover. Now, if that 640 pound bench press, which was done with big violent hip drive, I mean, I, I didn't see the kid. I didn't see a video of the kid squatting 640. I didn't see a deadly. I, I didn't see him cleaning, you know, I, I, I you know, like, I, you know, a kid that benches 640, that's impressive. But watching that happen, I mean, I, I saw that you guys can uh, YouTube the video of Larry Allen benching 700 pounds. He brought that shit down to his chest and touched it. Now, he had some coaches fucking positioning the bar because they're thinking if we hurt Larry Allen and let him blow his peck, we got a fucking, we got, we're all getting fired. But for the most part, that dude pretty cleanly benched 700 pounds. So uh, there aren't too many humans to do that. And I'll tell you, hands down, uh, Larry Allen was one of the strongest human beings to ever play in the NFL. So, but I don't know. I mean, I, I just didn't think I would ever see the day where, you know, uh, like, the paradigm shift has happened to where now you have places like these, you know, various 12,000 CrossFit gyms, you have something like the CrossFit Games, you have a certification like CrossFit with SMEs where they are holding the standard and more importantly uh, demanding excellence from their people and not letting that shit slide. And I'm sure there's people that will think like, oh, it's fucking bullshit, you guys just work for CrossFit. And I'm like, yeah, we did definitely teach a, a seminar, but for the most part we, we are out there dealing with this stuff every single day and uh, – that wouldn't happen in my gym, and I sure as hell wouldn't let anybody doing our program. Like, if they did it, I'd fucking laugh at them and be like, you know what, you got no business being here. Text. Yeah, but, yeah we, but John, we, we had that conversation a couple of years ago just in Texas on, on that on, on test day. I was freaking cut from bench uh, spotting bench press because I wasn't helping guys. I wasn't going to fucking do their job. And then I get tapped in to save lives when they come in and, and they're doing their squat test because they don't want them to collapse. I got to freaking bear hug them and squat the weight up. And the most fucked up part about that is I had to write those numbers on a clipboard and then I got to turn them into mad dog as those are good lifts when I know for a fact that I'm bear hugging and saving lives. Well, I mean, but, but that was part of the deal. I mean, those guys were, you know, I mean, they were a program in ruin and a program in decline. And those guys, you know, you got mad dog and uh, Benny Wiley who were doing anything to maintain their jobs. And so all they got to do is go hand in a sheet because uh, what's his name? Um, Who's the Brown. head coach? Brown. Oh, Mac Brown. 
you know, Mac Brown's coached all these years, and you know what? He doesn't know what the fuck happens in the weight room. He doesn't know about co- uh, about training. So what does he do? He just goes based off of, well, last year, you know, you had four linemen that benched over 400 pounds. This year you have five linemen that benched over 400 pounds. Obviously we're going to be better this year because we have better numbers. That's all he fucking knows. Um, but is the NSC, uh, NCAA coaches are not allowed in there? If sport coaches are allowed in the weight room, do you feel all this fictitious numbers and bullshit positioning goes away? Uh I don't think so, and I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you one of my own favorite experiences, and I might have told this to you guys. But uh, I was a uh, third year in college, and uh, we had an award called the Strongest Bear, which was the guy that had the biggest total on all the stuff and the best training. And like, dude, it was a sick trophy. It was like this, like massive. It was probably about three feet high by about what, a foot and a half wide, and it was like this. It was like a wooden bench press with this, like, uh, uh, like, you know big dude benching it and the bar was bending. It was just the coolest trophy. And I remember seeing it when I was a freshman. I was like, man, I want to win that. Well, going into my sophomore year, uh, I had a chance to win the, you know, like I I was putting up some good numbers and to win the strongest bear, I basically had to squat 610. So um, I go in there and I, you know, I'm, I'm warming up, you know, 225, 315, 405, 500. And I go from like 550 load up and I go, uh, you know, uh, 585, throw the 10s on and the collars to get me to 610, and get underneath, you know, strap the belt up, put my put my wraps on, get underneath, and there's mirrors. All of a sudden, as I take the weight out, take a step back, I feel somebody slap me as hard as I can on the chest, and I kind of like look up, and it's Steve Mariucci, who was our head coach at the time and went on to coach for the Niners. Just as as we were get, we were doing the testing and the squatting, uh, Mooch came walking in. As soon as, like, he got so excited, he pushed uh, our strength coach out of the way and wanted to spot me. Which is ridiculous. Which is totally ridiculous, because Mooch is a little dude, but he's fucking <laughs> screaming. Slaps me on the chest. Come on, you motherfucker. Like, starts screaming. I look up, and I see him. And, like, this is my head coach, and I'm like, you know, I, I got 6'10 on my back. I'm going for the win on this thing. Like, uh, and It's almost, me. it's, like, comical, right? It's just no, so dude, ridiculous. It's, it's like something out of a fucking movie. And so I go down, I stand up with it. As I, like, stand up with it, he, like, shoves the bar into the rack and almost, like, fucking puts me in there. And, like, I come out, like, I got my knee wraps on, and the dude is fucking, like, arm around me, finger up. Like, you would have thought we just won the fucking Super Bowl. And um, basically I ended up winning the Strongest Bear Award. And uh, so... All because of Steve. Yeah, well, it was, Steve, it was all Steve Mariucci spotting me on that final squat. But, like, so, so you know what? You got to remember, man, every football coach was a football player, like whether or not they like to lift weights or whatever, like they're still in that and to like be in that environment. I mean, it was awesome. I got to go down and train with the guys at Baylor with uh, Kaz and Keith. And uh, dude, I was one, it was, it was so invigorating and like so nice to recharge, to be around a bunch of just young, dumb motherfuckers that just want to bang some weights and like train all day. And just like that, that was it. Like there was, you know, like, no talk about business, kids, nothing. It's like, man, let's just fucking train three times a day and, like, eat some food and have a good time. Like, that was awesome. I, so, I, I was, you know, but, like, I think every football coach is still in that mentality. And I think, uh, you know, the problem isn't – if you're depending on the football coaches to be in there to prevent that text, I think you're fucking dead wrong. I think because they just don't know. What it takes is it takes a strength coach who's like, here's the fucking standard – and we do not break the standard because if you break the standard here in the weight room, 
everything else is going to fucking disseminate into bullshit. And you know what? Like for for all Todd Rice's, uh, you know, like he he had a pretty negative experience at Pitt, and like people were were fucking riding him. The one thing I will say, and uh, when I saw Kevin Steets, who was our old assistant, um, you know, he's like, you know what? For all Rice's bullshit and all of his little idiosyncrasies and quirks, he's like, the guy had a vision of perfection, and anything less than perfection was going to be met with not only uh, a fucking no, but disdain and fucking ridicule. So, like, if you did something bad or you squatted poorly or you moved poorly, it wasn't like, hey, that's bullshit. It was followed by ridicule, which we know is the final level of strength conditioning. The final level of getting strong <laughs> is actually ridicule, if you ask Nate Austin. Yes. Nate didn't get strong until I started ridiculing him. It's just it's taken him years to, to that's, get back from it's, it. So, volume, intensity, and ridicule. Yeah. But sticking but, uh, with Todd Rice's experience, what he did, he traveled outside the U.S. to seek out the best Olympic lifting and squatting coaches in the world yeah. and bring those tools back. But the system in place now for Division One football strength and conditioning coaches, you intern, you assist, you become the head. It's all under one or two programs, and you're limited to the guys above you's experience. So that is not what CrossFit is. Their education experience is go get well-rounded because that's their sport. How can, kind of taking that as an example, how can you improve the football's education process? Well, I think what it takes is um, we, we watched, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, so we, we watched that one video, that fucking terrible uh, two-board kipping deal, and then I watched the Glassman deal, and then the next thing I watched was, uh, was it Auburn? Or yeah, was Auburn. It, yeah, the yeah, Auburn. Auburn. Yeah, the Auburn video was like the one dude with like a 50-inch, like, uh, you know, rebound jump off of a depth jump, uh, you know, on a pad. It had, uh, you know, obviously it looked like kind of a linebacker white kid, you know, with a nice clean for like 180 for a triple. I mean, like the, the training video, I looked at it and I was like, that is what I would expect every weight room. More importantly, that's what I would expect to come out of a CrossFit facility. That's what I would expect at this point. And so there are places that are have coaches that are like, hey, you know what, like, this shit has carryover. So if you show me perfection in the weight room, you're going to do perfection on Saturday. I mean, dude, being good at something and demanding perfection in yourself isn't a fucking accident. Like, it's like something Luke and I talked about today. It's just not a switch that you throw on that all of a sudden, like, yeah, 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 I'll be okay. But then when the time comes, I'll throw the switch. I'm like, dude, the people that do it, that, that, that train with perfection, that are looking to move and do well and do all these things, that shit carries over. Like, it, it's like, you know, very few people in the world are like, eh, I don't study, I don't do anything, but I go and ace the test. No. Like, maybe in high school, but once you get to college, like, I actually had to go to class, I had to read all the books, I had to do all the information, because even as smart as I, you know, uh, I thought I was, I wasn't going to be able to fucking do it. I had to put in all those training hours, or I would have never got to go play in college, let alone go on and play in the NFL, and you get there, and it's even more serious, because you're fucking fighting a bunch of 30-year-old men with mortgages and kids all day. And you come in as a 23-year-old kid, and you're like, man, these guys are like dad's age. You know, I mean, it's it's just a, a attention to detail, and I think that's why so few kids get a chance to go on and play at that professional level is because they don't understand the attention to detail and the work and like all the like you know proficiency that it takes because they let fucking people get away with it. Now that kid is an unreal expectation, and I guarantee that 640 doesn't translate. He walks into any other place and he's yep. a 400 pound venture. Yep. So he's gonna be like, well, dude, I, I bench 640, and I'll be like, awesome. Let's fucking load up. When you can fucking pause, keep your feet on the uh, on the ground, and fucking keep your hips on the band, and see if you can pause and bench fucking four or five, we'll, we'll add more weight. I guarantee it doesn't bench more than that. And yeah, you know what? Like I'm not, a, you know. And at the end of the day, why the fuck are they posting bench press videos? 
fuck, like, like let's say, like, like I, I was more obsessed with the clean. Like, I, I'd be more impressed by like twenty strict pull-ups with a fucking ninety pounds between your waist or a seven hundred pound squat, you know. But oh fuck, what do you guys? I am like so. I, I I'm so heated up right now. I'm like, if you guys could see me, I'm like wringing my hands, ready to break my fucking computer. You break um, it into a cold sweat. Um, oh, so dude, let me uh, let me piggyback on what Tech said too. You know, I, I think about from the strength, uh, collegiate strength and conditioning coach's perspective. These guys are a product of the system, and they come up as an assistant, and then they get a head strength coach's job. But I take a look at that athlete, and my concern for the athlete is nothing that he's doing right now is going to be any sense of reality when he gets out of that system. A lot of high school kids don't really have a really dialed in strength and conditioning program and then they go to a college level where they're under one person and that's what they learn. How the hell does that athlete who doesn't go on to the next level, how do they gain exposure to see like, oh man, that was really fucked up and that was shitty. I can't believe I was endured that program and potentially survived or didn't survive. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's that's exactly kind of that's like the the basis of what we're saying. And I think like I guess my question is now what do you guys think that that weight room is like the day after all of that like backlash came through the video? What do you think do you think there's any conversation had or do you think that it was just no, like I, you can't I, ignore all that the hate no, that was going I on? I think there? it's all the uh fucking haters going to hate fucking mentality that there's yeah. like there, there's this new, um, it's not new, but it's like this attitude where anybody asks any question or questions anything of what somebody posts, you get all these fucking fanboys that are like, oh, you're such a fucking hater. And I, um, I, I, I saw it, like, I, I've seen it in other places, like, especially, like, my favorite thing, and I, you guys know I'm into cars, Bobby's into cars, and we kind of, you know, so I, we, we always are, like, on different, like, fabrication sites and things on the IGM and so he's interested in. And this guy, like, was do obviously doing something stupid. And this guy called him out, and he had like twenty people be like, "Oh, I'm sure he knows what he's doing. Why are you gonna hate?" And the guy's like, "Just because I question your fucking god, does not make me a hater. It means that I don't. He's not my god. I am asking a question because I don't fucking understand it or necessarily agree with what he's doing. So now we're in a situation where if I don't agree with you, I'm a fucking hater. So like, uh, here's the deal. Uh, everybody was hating on it. I didn't see a single fucking comment that said clean lift, awesome." Roll Tide or wherever the fuck they were at, Clint, I don't know, where, whatever it is. But, like, I didn't see anybody say that. Um, it was literally, and the, the, the better part is, I saw somebody was like, I wouldn't even do that at my CrossFit gym, was my favorite comment. So now you have, you know, mid-30s housewives that are, like, been training for six to nine months at a local CrossFit gym while pushing their stroller to and from the gym so they can put their kids that are commenting on that bench press technique being like, I couldn't do that at my gym. Like that's the level we're at. Like where you have people that aren't in the know that aren't football players that haven't done it being like, that looks fucking retarded. Like that's uh, like, I mean, I showed it to my wife and she was like, what is, what are they doing? Is that something I'm like, that's a bench press or what they're hoping it is. And she like had this look of horror on her face. And she's like, I didn't even know that. I, I, I thought that like the guy dropped the weight on himself and they were just helping it off him. Like that was legit. They counted that. Yeah. If you just, I always like to look at things like, just look at it as just two animals performing like an act like of like lifting weights or whatever. And if you just look at it like two human species doing this thing, it looks so fucking dumb. Like, it's just like, what is happening in this, in this image? It belongs 
on like America's Family, America's Funniest Home Videos. It's so ridiculous. Um, well, I mean, Tex, like from your perspective, if if this was something you know that that we could comment on and and sort of put a spin on it to really like you know, make a positive impact on someone who is ultimately impressionable by a video like that, you know, what would you say? Posture and position. I mean, bottom line, he lost his position. Freaking his posture was shitty. He got the lift, but at the end of the day, that's not going to translate to the field. So, I mean, it just goes back to everything, anything and everything that we're teaching Dude, it all comes down to skill transfer. Yeah, and did he? I mean, he didn't get the lift. Like, if you ask me, he, he didn't get the oh, lift. From a high schooler's perspective who only sees 640 in that bar go chest to rack. I guess. I guess. It just, it's so heinous. It's not even, it's not even funny. Um, I mean... It's it is sort of taboo because we you we you know we want to put a stake in the ground and say this is unacceptable, but at the same time it's just one of those things that you can't look away from, you can't ignore, especially when there are so many impressionable like you know potential collegiate athletes out there, and uh, you know this is kind of this is pretty much our bread and butter when we talk about how training is training. You know it's uh, there's a time for testing, there's time for training, and just like John said, I mean when you uh, when you when you train for perfection, when it's time to test, um, you know you're gonna put yourself up to be a lot more successful. Um, and, and it's just it takes patience and and time. You know it takes time to bench six forty. Is follow follow that individual throughout the season. If he's the defensive lineman, if he's an offensive lineman, and then check his performance on the field. Sure. Because well, uh, dude, I I watched Braden Smith. Well, was it Braden Smith benching what five and a half for like a triple, where he brought the yeah. bar down. And Six. fucking silky smooth, fucking hit that thing and press that thing like perfect. And um, you know, I mean, that's a that that's a, a legitimate 500 pound plus venture, like coming out of something, uh, you know, coming out of something that's our system, coming out of something that's like fits within our model. And to me, I'd take that kid any day. I'd much rather take a Braden Smith's 550 for reps more than that 640 fucking dog shit. And for the record, he was all team freshman SEC. So. Oh. I do. What, what did I tell you when he sent us our training stuff? I was like, that kid will be in the NFL three years in, and in that fourth year, he'll be a fucking starter in the NFL first-round draft pick. Well, you don't start at Auburn as a freshman unless you're a freaking beast. No, that kid is uh, – he, he's a he's, – dude, I've never in my life. I mean, it just makes me wish I could go back in time and uh, and fucking do our program. I, you know, like, well. I'm I'm glad that we got a chance to kind of talk this out because we all had sort of emotional reactions to the video and uh, you know it is super viral and it is like it feels a little bit cheesy to be hopping on the hater bandwagon but listen it's from a, a purely hopefully productive standpoint and uh, you know as well, professionals it's it's kind of it's incumbent upon us to at least take a stand and say hey this is this is unacceptable. Well, well, Kelly, I mean, my, my attitude has always been, and you guys have heard me say this, like, I'm not big on what talking about what other people do. Like, I'm more focused on what Power Athlete does, the information that we put out, our message, you know, the people that are following our various programs, like, are they getting as much attention as they deserve? Are they, are they meeting their goals? Are they, are they getting where they need to go? Are we helping them? And are they part, like, like my whole deal is watering the Power Athlete nation and like our community of field strong whatever it is like that's about us like I don't get out like I don't comment on other programs I don't comment on, on what other people do I don't get involved in the 
the fucking, you know, Facebook fucking bullshit, you know, where people, oh, look at this, look at this. And just don't do it because it's a fucking waste of time. And um, we got better shit to do. I mean, when you're focused on our company motto of world domination, you can't get fucking bogged down dealing with, like, this stupid bullshit. But frankly, this was one that I couldn't let slide. And I looked at it and I was like, you know what, I got to comment on this just because out of sheer uh, kind of embarrassment a little bit, having come out of a college strength conditioning program, having gone and worked with coaches and having done this, I'm, I, it's, and more importantly, it's almost because there's some dipshit high school coach right now looking at that thinking, yeah, yeah, maybe we can get all of our kids to bench 300 pounds if we fucking do this. And you know what? That's a real fucking problem. And that's the same guy who, you know, is, uh, you know, when I go to my nephew's baseball game, who's nine years old and the dad who goes over when his kid strikes out and goes over there and fucking motherfucks him and screams at him to the point where I like want to go over there and chase him to his car and beat the shit out of him. So like, that's what like, you know, like that's the people we have to like, like that high school coach, like don't do it. Fighting a good fight. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know why? That's why we're Beowulf. I mean, if you guys go back and read read the the, the heroic epics, it's a Beowulf thing. He fought the good fight, you know? That's what he did. Like, that's what we're doing. piece of literature of all time. Oh, it's, well, it's actually the, it's really the first recorded text of, uh, of, of like the, you know. In the, I guess, yeah, yeah in well, written well, language. Well, so every, every culture has their own heroic text as their first one. The Iliad and the Odyssey, written yep. by some guy, Homer, who probably didn't even exist. But, uh, you know, you have that. I mean, in uh, Sanskrit, you have one. I mean, you got the Beowulf. I mean, you have the Arthurian tales. I mean, so every culture has their own heroic epic. And they're usually epically heroic and badass if you read them. I mean, if you go back and actually read Beowulf, it's, it's fucking awesome. Well, about the video, I think the curtain, the table, the chair, it'll all be pulled out underneath this kid. And hopefully, you know, he doesn't pay the price. So if he fails on the field or he doesn't even make the freaking team, he's going to look at his strength coaches and he's just going to say, you lied to me. No, well, he's a starter. That was, well, start, that, that was their starting center who uh, hiked the ball over the kid's head last year in their uh, in their bowl game. Well, it's going to be really funny when he hurts himself in training. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say that. That's a pretty awful thing to say. But well, like, how, uh, He can't hurt himself in training. The, uh, the only way he's going to hurt himself in training is by shattering his sternum by dropping the bar, but he has that force exactly. to displace it. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, well, guys, I, I think this is a, a good conversation, one we needed to have, and um, you know, I'm glad we got to wrap on it this week. At least just, you know, get a little perspective out there. And I know, John, you then kind of think about putting pen to paper. If, if maybe you uh, you have an article that will follow up with this, that would be that would be awesome. I know you got some strong opinions on it. So, um, well, awesome, guys. Uh, I think that just about does it for, for this week, unless anyone else has some pertinent information they want to throw out there. Literature. Knowledge. <laughs> All right. Heroic epics. All right, all right, guys. Uh, then we'll uh, we'll catch you next week. Sounds good. All right, bye. Thanks, guys. See you guys. Thank you. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Be sure to have a look online at that video if you haven't already, and for God's sake, have an opinion about it. At some point, you have to draw a line in the sand and say, "Okay, that's just a shitty lift. I don't care how hard he's trying." or how much effort is behind it or heart, but it's still a shitty lift. Don't forget, Wade's Army Campaign is running strong up until Wade's Day, November 12th. 
Join the fight against neuroblastoma and help us reach our fundraising goal of $100,000. We've made so many great strides in assisting in the funding of two pediatric phase one clinical trials and assisting the treatment costs for three young boys afflicted by the disease. Now we're aiming big to fund our very own study and do our part in solving kids' cancer. Enlist today at wadesarmy.org by clicking the Donate Now badge and claim your limited edition Wade's Army uniform. Until next week, bye!